Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's prominent media. We'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Experts Podcast. Thank you so much for your company. My name's Nick Hayes. Hi, I'm Carmen Braidwood. Good to have you back on the co-hosting Carms. Thanks, uh, good to be here. We had uh, uh, you on a little break the other week, uh, mm. being the guest yourself. And uh, I don't know why I'm saying that because in actual fact, this won't go out in order. So uh, <laughs> there you go. There's a little trick in media. Don't put a time frame on when no. you're doing your broadcast. That's right. Time sensitive information. You know, it's tricky when you're pre-recording, isn't yeah, it? It is, it is. And I'm getting a little nervous because my our guest today comes. I, I understand why. <laughs> you should be nervous. He understands and, and watches body language and, and human behaviour. Uh, she's a behavioural investigator and owner and founder of Mind Hush Group. Sharon Box, welcome to the Experts Podcast. Thank you very much, Nick and Carmen. Great to be here. Yeah, you just—you've. I do this all the time. I don't get as nervous as I do with someone with your expertise. Why is that? Why do you? Why do you make me feel nervous? Well, I think it's just because we we all put a lot of pressure on ourselves, and um, when you're in front of somebody who has a bit more expertise in a certain subject, you obviously are going to feel a little bit sort of lesser. <laughs> it is true. And I guess you've had to get used to seeing that happen. You would watch people unfold a little bit in front of you. I know personally that when I went, went and had a coffee with Sharon, I was very conscious of things like where my eyes were because I'd heard furfies before, and I know that to be a furfy now, that if I looked away to think that you might think I was lying. Is that, is that not true? There's a lot of myths around human behaviour and lying and definitely that's just, um, there is a little bit of truth to the neuroscience of where our eyes tend to look okay. when we're thinking or constructing information, but it's different for everybody and we can consciously change where we're looking, we can be affected by so many things, so I wouldn't rely on that and it's it's not a telling indicator that you're being dishonest nothing like that good so. to know good to know and now that i've calmed down a little bit i can actually start addressing the questions and the big things that i want to chat to you about sharon because media finds this kind of topic this kind of uh, ability to identify what is going on behind the scenes fascinating um what's your experience been like in uh, the media in the in the short time that you have been putting yourself out there i know look initially i I know Nick, we were sort of talking and I kept putting off, sort of putting myself out there and, and coming on board. And I think it was the 28th of March where I did my profile. And then the following week I had a call from a radio station. So it all happened really quickly and I was expecting it to sort of maybe take a few months. So I wasn't, to be honest, quite prepared to <laughs> be in the limelight so soon. And I was actually, I was terrified um, because the radio station wanted to talk about the political landscape and for me to analyse some of the behaviour that I'm seeing in the politicians. Well, we were so in the height of a campaign, weren't we not? Was this federal election? election? Federal election yeah. 2022. It was just before the election sort of kicked off and I thought, wow, I couldn't have picked a, I couldn't have <laughs> picked a, a better time really. So I think everyone was fascinated with the behaviour of the politicians. So that really sort of kicked things off really. So was it the, the – I mean, like – 
the fear? Was there any fear that was driven from that? Because I think, you know, when you get asked about politics and politics might not necessarily be your game, your expertise is in a very different space. It's, it's, it's human behaviour. It's, it's what we see, the, what uh, behaviours one does on, uh, on TV or their body language. You're, you're interpreting that. You don't need to know whether they're Labor, Liberal or any of the other political parties. That's right, but I've never really been a big fan of politics, <laughs> so I, I had to brush up on some of my some of just the basics and uh, make sure I knew, knew the major parties and so forth. But um, yeah, I think it was um, a bit of fear about commenting on such public figures and you know leaders of our country. So I was very conscious of what I was saying after what I was observing. So I think I was filtering a lot of what I was saying because I you do have to be careful when you're commenting on such a high profile sort of person. Oh look, absolutely without a doubt as a person who's made shows, been on shows, produced shows, a person like yourself who can give us an added layer of insight into whether or not the Prime Minister is telling the truth is utterly irresistible. We just want you on our show and we want you to to spill tea if possible. No, really, go hard. And and how have you found that, that the presenters like me who are going trying to goad you into saying something maybe a bit too strong? Exactly, Carmen. So I, I have had that and I think I've coped quite well. So I've probably given a little bit more than what I would have wanted, but I've still been very careful with my wording. I, I would never accuse anybody of lying. Um, because there's so much more. There's, you know, you need to collect a lot of evidence and data to support your speculation. But um, I remember on Sky News, um, they changed the presenter at the last minute, so that kind of threw me off a little bit. But um, I knew sort of beforehand what clips I was analysing, so I think the media are great in that they, um, I get to sort of source some sort of juicy clips and then I can analyse them and um, I think Sky News are pretty happy with that. I recall that Sky News piece that you did. You did it with the fill-in presenter that was Caleb Bond and Caleb was inviting you to to do the analysis on all sorts of political leaders and we know where sort of the political direction that Sky After Dark tends to take. It's, mm. a, it's, it's you know, it, it is probably more of the conservative side than it is necessarily Labor but you did such a beautiful job because Caleb actually was taking those pieces. He might have been goading you a little, but you you stuck to the the program. It was your opinion and position on on the way you interpreted the body language, and you stuck with it. That was that, that was well done. Yeah, I think I try because I know that um, when I first began this journey, I was I was just very conscious of what I say because you know you, you do need to be so careful so that's always in the back of my mind so I think as long as I'm very neutral and don't try and put my own bias across of how I really feel I mean I have my own thoughts and views sure but it's just really putting across what I'm seeing so this is visibly what I'm seeing and observing and then take that how you will so yeah sticking to the science of what it is you do and I'd love to talk about that in a bit more detail if we could and how do you become a behavioral specialist what you call yourself a human behavior specialist I when I was um because my background's marketing communications so I've worked in the corporate sector for nearly 30 years and I got so sick of all the lying and deception and the politics and in our industry what are you saying <laughs> I don't believe you for a second <laughs> <laughs> so regardless of what industry I worked in there was just people behaving badly people taking credit for your work uh, miscommunication disinformation you know project managers lying to the CEOs CEOs lying to stuff you know and 
I think I just got a bit sick of the whole that whole world. And for my own benefit, I really wanted to understand more why do we do this behaviour and how can I better protect myself and how can I be a better people reader? So when I started searching out courses and and you know um, training to do there was nothing in Australia there's no deception science diploma there's yep. there's there's psychology degrees of course but they only just touch on sort of body language and, and emotion so I wanted to really understand the science behind that particular part of our behavior and so I sought out um, Dr. Paul Ekman who's an American psychologist and he's sort of one of the foremost um, experts in um, emotions and deception. So I went to Singapore to do his training and then I did pieces of it via the UK as well. Um, so once I kind of loaded myself up with all of that knowledge, I thought, wow, I need to now share this with everybody because it's just so good. And that's really how I, I got started. And I I just, I, ke- I keep pinching myself. I've, I still have a bit of imposter syndrome sometimes um, because I have transitioned from sort of a marketing communications to sort of more of a I'm not a scientist, but I'm. I guess I specialise in behavioural science and the science behind the human body and the brain. So, um, so it's really still a bit of an adjustment for me as well. What are the benefits to us in business or in life to knowing this kind of stuff? Oh my gosh, Carmen! It's just you know <laughs> everywhere you go, you'll see um, because what what I've learned from all my training and studies is is the subtle cues that we give off that we often don't know we're doing and if you can spot those that's the juiciness and you think oh I've spotted they've just flashed fear when they've said that they're very confident in something they've just said so if you can catch those that's when you have more power and you're more empowered you can sort of change the narrative you can make a better decision you can negotiate for a better price so I bought a car a few years ago and I managed to knock off four thousand dollars because I knew they were lying to me about the price brilliant so that's brilliant. just one example and, hmm. and you wonder why I was so nervous kicking this uh, podcast off it was like you're reading everything you're seeing everything do you find people actually uh, are a little hesitant in engaging you sometimes just because they're worried that you might be reading a little bit too heavily into what they're thinking and and what they're really thinking? Not really because I try and just use my humour. So I use humour to deflect everything. So I always just, I mean, I just, I say stupid things and I make mistakes like all of us. So I think it's just, and I'm just, I'm very down to earth. I grew up in the country. I'm not a pretentious sort of person and I I think people just feel that. So I, I, yeah, I don't think people feel too nervous. Now, um, it's very entertaining. Let's be frank. It's very entertaining. The program in me really froths over this. I feel like it's an opportunity, Nick, for us to learn about ourselves. Ooh, okay. I'd like to know, have you had an opportunity through your engagements? I've had a coffee with you, known you, met you at a few events, been to some LinkedIn you know, conversations in the inboxes there. You've known Nick now for a while. You're on the media stable. What do you think of us do? Well, I've done a little bit of detective and surveillance work okay. on the two of you. Didn't see this. <laughs> didn't see this in the program notes, people. So okay. good. All right. What do you got? <laughs> but don't worry. I mean, the two of you, obviously, you're working in media. So I, as I was expecting, you're pretty flawless in everything you do. So oh, I didn't she's notice already any. Got something wrong there, Carm. <laughs> but I have got a few little juicy things to Come tell on. you. Okay. So Nick, with you, you're um, you're the master of the eyebrow. So your eyebrows are very, very expressive, and you use those a lot, which is fantastic. But it also means you're easy to read. So if you if you have a bit of anger or surprise, I can spot that straight away. And you probably might not be aware you're doing that. But uh, when I've watched you on um, on TV and some of your clips, your eyebrows 
give you away all the time. So you really do wear emotions through your, your That's face. That's why I'm a bad poker player. I've just worked oh, out yeah. now. I must give it away. I've got I've got aces, people. <laughs> eyebrows up. Okay, interesting. The Thank eyebrows you. are very, very important in communication and we use them for six, uh, six of the universal emotions that we all have and expressions on our faces. So the eyebrows are really, really important. So that's, I mean, it's a good thing. Um the other thing when you get really excited or um, emotionally aroused, you do um, your lip swirls around, does a, a whirl around the mouth. Very really? quickly, yeah. You just did it then. Uh. <laughs> oh, I missed it. <laughs> Say something. Make him do it again. Cheapers. <laughs> <laughs> so I've noticed when you're introducing a guest or you're talking about media stable or you're talking about um, even when you're on um, commenting on issues, when you get really excited, um, you you do the little thing with the with the tongue. So that's 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 oh, just something I'm that most of us. That's, that's something that a lot of us do, but okay. but not everybody does that. But I've noticed that with you. And the other big thing I've noticed is you bounce a lot on your feet and you you lean forward, you jump forward, which is fantastic because that just shows really high energy, confidence, and you use great big gestures with your arms. Your chest is puffed out all the time, which is confidence. A little bit dominating as well, um, depending, you know, what you're doing. But, um, but yeah, all, all good behaviours and I didn't see anything that sort of scared me at all. Oh, thank you, Sharon. What thank a relief you. for you, Nick. Oh, it is a, a significant <laughs> relief. But eyebrows I didn't notice. I'm going to have to go get my brows done. Um, that might <laughs> be the thing. And I do notice I do jut forward quite a lot because, and it's probably not the five coffees I've had before 10am, but it is, I, I, I do lean in a little bit to it and, I, and, I'm, and I'm conscious of that. But that's, that's a good, good thing. reasons. Yeah, yeah. because it's, you're engaging people. So okay. when you lean in, and you, you're doing this, and you'll see the politicians doing that when they're trying to get your oh, vote. Oh, now you're comparing you. me to a politician. I'm doing really well here, Carms. <laughs> now talk to me about Carms. What's what's something about her? Because you've got a bit of TV work to to actually identify with this young lady. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I was sitting uh, watching lots of um, old clips of you from years ago on YouTube oh my with my mum, and she said, "Isn't that that Carmen?" <laughs> I said, "Yes," um, but no, Carmen, you've got really sparkly eyes and I think you know that you've got these really warm eyes you smile with your eyes mm. when you're talking I can just see that so you, you know how when you look at someone they've just got this sort of blank look even when you're talking like if I just do this I'm just not very engaging but if I really do that oh, hello. oh so yeah, hello. they turned on those G'day. eyes didn't they G'day. how are you doing yeah, yeah. wow I'm really good things so <laughs> So you can see how just that tiny little inflection with the eyes and the gaze, it transforms how you come across. And you've got those very warm, smiley eyes, um, which makes you really easy to talk to. Mm. And you do a lot of head tilting, um, which is great because it means you're listening. When we tilt our heads, we're really listening. And good posture, of course. You do really good gestures as well. I mean, you're both professionals in what you do. So, And, um, yeah, I couldn't find any anything unusual. Or <laughs> so no or deception. Bad. You couldn't no. tell any – so I'm hiding it very well, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. but uh, I'm just wondering because you're watching the, the YouTube, the, the older versions of it. Is there, do we grow into – uh, a change of behaviours? Is it a confidence thing? What What is it that we're doing that when we get older? Because as a young journo running around, mm. you would be a very different person to, to today. Yeah, I think definitely confidence. You get more confidence as, as you get older. And I know with myself, I, I've always been very, very shy, a real introvert. I got bullied at high school by my female sports teacher. So, you know, all through my 20s, I had very little confidence. And it was only when I went to university at a mature age student at 26 and um, and then, you know, I was in the corporate world, I started to develop confidence. 
And now I guess I know what the confidence moves are. So I'm always consciously aware of what I'm doing. And so you can yep. train yourself to appear more confident sometimes if you're not actually feeling confident. But yeah, I think uh, we do change as we as we, we grow and develop. And it depends on our environment as well. Yeah. We do start, you know, with the mirroring behaviour where we, we tend to sort of start copying the behaviour of the people that are around. And we, we're right. usually not conscious we're doing that. But Yeah, mm. there's an embodiment, isn't there? And that I definitely had to do that as a young person working in the media, I recall having to almost walk through the radio station doors and become, like I, I was sort of pretending in my head, um, I'm a presenter now, you know, I can do this, I know what I'm doing. I had to tell myself because uh, behind the scenes I didn't really believe it yet. Because so, it's an act. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's more that you're going into playing a role as opposed to it personally being you. Yes, it, and, that, and that was sort of the pathway toward getting to a place where today I feel much more like me. Yep. I am really authentically myself anytime a mic or a camera comes on. Now, Sharon, uh, I want to say that Sky News was the first time that you were on TV, but I happen to know that that wasn't the first time that you were on TV. In fact, you were on a program that I watch religiously in the UK, uh, Graham Norton's show. Um, there's a clip of you on the chair. Have you seen this? No, uh, I haven't. I missed this. Well, the, Tell me more. Graham Norton famously brings people off from the stage, yes. for, out from the audience, and gets them to have a chat to, to him and, and the other panel members there and yeah. on all different sorts of topics. And Sharon happened to be one of them. Well, what was that experience like? So, Nick, I'd, I'd just moved to the UK, to London, yeah. um, and um, as a way of just getting out and about and doing unusual things, I decided to be in the audience of the Graham Norton show, and I saw an advert, and I thought, I'll, I'll send my details in, not expecting to hear back. Mm. And then I, I sort of added in, oh, and I'm happy to be in the red chair, I'm all the way from Australia, as so I was trying to sort of use that to my advantage. Mm-hmm. And so I got a call the next day, and I thought, oh my goodness, it was the studio calling me. And uh, they said, yes, um, we'd like you to um, come and audition. I thought, oh, okay. So, and I thought, oh, what am I going to talk about? But I, I know, I mean, I, I love Graham Norton and I've seen lots of his shows. So I, I know that he likes just really unusual, funny, bit naughty. So I was trying to think of a story of, of my travels where something happened that I thought could be sort of funny and interesting. So I come up with my monkey story from Bali in Indonesia. So, um, so I arrived, there were seven of us. We all auditioned in front of the producer and they picked three of us, um, and I had to go first. So they put you in the green room, and <laughs> you're sitting in the chair. So you don't actually really see Graham or hear him. You can barely hear him at all. So yeah. you're just looking into this black camera like a deer in headlights. So that was my very first time. So I was, uh, I guess I wasn't really nervous because it was just fun, and I was, I was kind of nervous in a little way. But mm. um, I was just so excited to tell my story on, you know, national, you know, TV. So, um, yeah, and you've got all these technical people all crouching around you and, and they're the ones that pull the chair. Um, so right. and they, they, they tell you how to fall oh, and yeah? they told me what to wear that day. They said, make sure you glam up, you know, look really, you know, <laughs> that a little bit, it was a bit sexist, I suppose, but I, I, I could, you know, see where they were going with that. Mm. So I wore a, a skirt and my long boots because it was winter. Yeah. And the last thing they said to me before we went to air was, Sharon, whatever you do, make sure you keep your legs together when yes. you fall over. Well, <laughs> my God, yes. So, well, I'm to the uninitiated, they tip the chair back or Correct. something, they don't do. they? Yeah, yeah. It, it sort of goes into movement. So you feel it go and then it just goes back and so you have to 
fall a certain way, then they come in. There's three men that they catch you and then catch they you. carry you away. So. <laughs> but you know that little experience just looking down the box and that's and I think that's the, the scary thing for a lot of people when mm. working with media is that you don't get a lot of feedback. There's a you might have an earpiece in there and it's just looking down the barrel of a camera. And uh, that can be very, very tough, cars. It's incredibly intimidating for even the most seasoned expert. Absolutely. This is the thing my last few years in business has taught me. Very, very experienced speakers, very experienced CEOs, experts like yourself in your field. As soon as you're suddenly confronted with a camera, I like to say it will um, it will make your uh, sphincter slam shut faster than you, anything else. You Nick. love that. You I got love that, that in one. there again. You got Brilliant. it in again. We're doing I, I love talking about bowels and, and honestly, if you one of my tips about anyone going in the media or about to be in the radio or TV is go and try and have a bowel movement beforehand. It makes a huge difference. Oh, it that relaxes is, can, you. Can, That's the best tip I've heard on this podcast ever. 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 Sharon, you just you just we're, won it. We're 130 podcasts And in. you know what I'm talking about, I know, don't you? You I know, know when you're nervous for a job interview or a meeting, yeah. go to the toilet and sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But, here oh, I was worried about what I was going to say, and here is Sharon telling us how it actually really is. I love it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> so good. So good. Sharon, um, you've broken a record at Media Stable, by the way. I'm not sure if you're fully aware of this, but when you first started, um, I think that you clocked up in the first month something in around 18 to 20-odd media engagements. Is that that's about right? Yeah, I think I've had about 22 so far. So, But that, that first month was, was crazy because of the election and... All the radio stations were wanting me to comment on the on the behaviour of the debates. And everything. if you had your time again, would you like it to be a bit slower, or was that sort of, um, you know, I guess uh, in, introduction to fire uh, mm. with that amount? Is it was that the way to go? I think, yeah, I think I, that I I didn't mind that. I think it was just it really made me think, oh my god, I'm really doing this, and yep. just go for it. And I think. If it had have just happened in little bits, I think I probably wouldn't have been as focused and hmm. and yes, I know I'm glad it happened that way. And I was really fortunate that it did happen because it, it got me going. And I thought, oh my goodness, you know these people do know what they're talking about. Got it going in more ways than one, by the sounds of it. <laughs> Yes, well, obviously. Uh, now, Cut it out, Carms. 22, did you say? 22 <laughs> media appearances since you've come on board Media Stable. Right. That's more experience than a lot of people would have had in sort of five years in terms of media exposure, aside from making sure you do a BM before you go on. Um, what What is it? What is the key thing you think you've learned about how to engage the media? Well, I've learned a few lessons. I think the biggest one is that the, the, the person you're speaking with, they're just a human being. And just like me, they make mistakes. So some of them have stumbled over my business name. Um, they've got the time zones wrong. So that's been a huge thing for me. It's happened yes. a few times where I've made it very clear I'm on, you know, Western Standard Time. They're in Sydney or Canberra or Queensland. Yep. And even sometimes, even though the radio show might be in Perth, the producer's calling you, you've got a producer calling from Sydney and they're forgetting you're in Perth. So a few times it's gotten a bit crazy and I've had to reconfirm and it's all been okay. But I, I know to really make sure you double check and sort that out. And then um, the other things, um, yeah, sometimes <laughs> when the SBS, when SBS TV contacted me, I was blown away and um, they wanted to talk to me about sort of um, – how lying can damage our brain from a scientific point of view. And I was really excited. So we did a pre-record and she said, oh, I'll let you know when it's going to go to air. So I thought, okay. So I, I sort of, you know, didn't worry about it. And then I hadn't heard anything for a few weeks. And then mm. 
It's the funniest story. I was lying on my couch one night after a few vinos watching British Railway <laughs> Journeys on SBS. British Railway Journeys. Oh, I love it because I'm half Scottish, so I love all the countryside over in England <laughs> and Scotland. So I um, but I, I I was in one of those twilight sleeps, you know, where you sort of dozing yeah. off and you're kind of oh. still with it, but not really. Yeah. And uh, I, w- I heard this sort of voice, and I woke up, and there I was on TV. <laughs> but my show was on, so I I watched it, and it was. It was really quite odd and, and funny and great and, um, yeah, and then they put it across all their socials so I didn't have to worry about having missed recording it. So my mum rang me. She said, you were on TV last night. I said, oh, no. I said, I just caught myself in time. Amazing. <laughs> and, 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 that's, and that comes with media, doesn't it? Because like, mm. as much as you do all the work and you've done the interview, you've done the engagement and you hope that the producer lets you know when you're going to be on air, mm. sometimes it just doesn't happen. No. And no. Even, even in the print form, I can assure you this, um, an op-ed that I wrote, uh, didn't even get a confirmation from, I won't name the paper, but didn't even mm. get a confirmation from the editor that they even received it. Oh, wow. Next thing I know, I'm, I'm at an airport in the lounge having a read of the very paper. They're going, oh, there we go. There I am in the they paper. Didn't it. even know I was in it. <laughs> there you go. It's pretty good, isn't it? Oh, it's, yeah. It does. It's a surprise. So, Sharon, um, what what it is, what's what's it look like moving forward? Because, I, I, again, you've got you've had this baptism of fire, if you like, of, of getting out there and, and obviously a good timing to do it what are the other things that you're, you're keen to do in media and also to to contribute what you do as an expert uh what what, are you, what else are you looking forward to yeah great question because i think with human behavior and um you know we're, we all have our flaws and we all do silly things so there's no end of information to analyze <laughs> regardless of you know people's professions uh, or industry so i'm guessing uh, yeah i mean for me I'd like to just be across different sort of areas of industry and, and just trying to sort of help people improve their people reading ability to be better at their job or to have more confidence in their business if they're a business owner. Sure. To be able to sort of observe what they're seeing on social media and the TV and then have that knowledge, more knowledge to really peel back and think, yeah, I don't really believe that. So I think it's having giving people more power to sort of when reading behaviour. So is it the speaking circuit, is workshops? What? How do you generate your income? So it's, I mean, I've only been going for a few years, so I've been doing a lot of brand building. So um, I have done a few keynotes um, at no sort of charge, but now I'm starting to get a lot of um, interest in speaking engagements, which is great. I've done a few training courses for... Um, companies where I've gone in to train 20 of their staff mm-hmm. um, who, you know, um, so one particular project management company, they've got millennials through to much more mature workers and they were having a lot of issues with communication problems. So that was really fascinating. So I, I sort of tailor my training specifically to what their issues are. Sure. And then I do sort of one-on-one sort of Zoom calls for people that just want to do it virtually and I'm doing a training course um, in a few weeks, actually, so I'm going to hopefully get a, a group in and do a bit of a session. So I do a bit of red, a bit of everything, and I'm trying to get my online programs going, but that's just taking a lot longer than I thought. I yeah. think uh, if there's one little lesson I'll teach you for, for one who studies body language or uh, feeds back on that, there's a doc- Dr. Louise Marla. Hi, Dr. Louise. I know that you'll be listening. Um, did a little bit of a, a snapshot on the host of... Uh, uh, Media Watch 
because oh, yeah. the Media Watch had a bit of a crack at her. So she went back and had a crack at Media Watch. Oh, good work. It was an interesting um, relationship, an in- interesting engagement there. Yeah. Don't always have – one best bit of advice, don't have a crack at media. Um, <laughs> media media's, media's got a long memory and they've also got an empowerful tool to they actually do, don't they? shoot back at you. Yes, So true. Uh, Louise Marler, Dr. Louise Marler, uh, probably not the best tip to – Attack the media. It's uh, it doesn't work in their favour. <laughs> and also, Nick, I just um, I don't like attacking other people, even people mm. in my industry. And yeah. there's some people who uh, are giving information which isn't really factually correct, and that's fine. You know, they're they're often talking from their own experience, but I'm trying to come at it from more of a science perspective and evidence based, and that mm. way. And I have my own views, of course, but I try and just stick to the science of the body, what our body's doing, yep. what we do when we're under stress and we're, when we're anxious. And there's all these indicators that we all do, and that's what I'm trying to teach people. So if I hear something that's incorrect that someone's mentioned to me, I'll just politely say, well, okay, that might be their view, but my view is this. And yeah. So I did have an interview with Curtin, um, Curtin and um, another person in my industry was brought up and it's the comment was something I didn't agree with, but I, you know, I just gave my own view. And that's so. all you can do as a commentator, yeah. as an expert, is just position yourself. And I love that that your attitude is not to attack. And I think sometimes there is a sense. And then you even brought it up too, Calm. Mm. So you were trying to get the the gold. We out will of look the, for uh, that. Yeah, yeah, but it's not. I think that all experts need to know the parameters for which they need to work in, because yep. you know we do get caught up sometimes in the sensationalism of media. Media does like to take it to an edge. Uh, and go over that edge in a lot of the cases. Mm. But as experts, we really need to stay focused to what we do and our own personal brand of where we see ourselves moving forward. It's it's critical. Yeah, well, you're not operating in a silo. You do have to go on afterwards. So, yes, now that I can kind of have one foot in both camps, the business side yes. and also the media side, I can say, yeah, it's it's definitely a good idea to protect yourself and you're doing the right thing on that front. But at the same time, Sharon, you know, don't be afraid to to push the limits, to, mm. to 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 take the boundaries somewhere if if that's what you if that's the way you really feel. Mm. Well, actually, I I think I did do that with the Nick um, Kyrgios, and actually, I must apologise, Nick, because I in my email I had N I C K. Sorry, about no, that. this is just a Nick. Oh, N-I-C. I'm N I C. Don't know. well, there you go. The <laughs> but I had Nick Kyrgios on my brain. And I was sleeping, breathing, dreaming about him um, <laughs> because I was talking about him so much. And um, yeah, when I was analysing his behaviour and um, some of his personality traits, I did take it a bit deeper than what I thought I was going to. But I just thought, well, this is my view, and this is what I'm seeing. Sure. And this behaviour is typical of this, that, and the other. So that was that was that was a good good one. Yeah. And, and it's a good way to stand out, Sharon. As soon as you actually start to have an opinion that, that, that ruffles some feathers, the, the people whose feathers have been ruffled, they're listening. And not just that. It's topical. It's relevant mm. right now. And I think, you know, we're always fascinated by it, but, but we're also, as an audience, trying to understand why does he act like that or and or we're trying to actually come up for reasons still to like him. Yeah. Um, he's a fantastic tennis player. I've To be truthful, I, I've loved everything that oh. he's done. I think he stands out in a different way, but I know he rubs up the traditionalists the wrong way. I mean, a red cap in the middle of Wimbledon. I mean, honestly. Come you know, on. Come on. Everyone knows it's whites. It's, it's whites, but, respect. you know, yes, yes. But, you know, let's get past that. <laughs> hey, Sharon, great to have you on the show. Um, if people want to get in contact with you, how do they do it? So my, web, my website's got most of my information, so that's just mindhashgroup.com 
and I'm on LinkedIn and I've just recently gone on Twitter, so I'm having dipping my toe in Twitter to see. I saw that. And can I just say that your content is outstanding. I don't know where you come up with your images and how you do it, where you're getting them from, but there they are. Everyone, jump on and follow Sharon's uh, Sharon Box's uh, Twitter and also to her LinkedIn because she comes up with some great mm. images. Where do you do that from? Well, because I've got a marketing background, I've got a lot of creative design oh, of experience. Course. So I'm, I'm kind of a one-man show. I do everything myself. So, But I use some software programs and I, I pick them apart and then I use other programs and then I just piece them together. And I, I try and find things that relate to what I'm talking about and that, that catch your eye, stop the scroll. So mm. I, I just throw in all sorts of things to kind of interrupt the scroller. Well done. Well and done. you do a very good job at it. Everyone follow Sharon Box on LinkedIn. Well, another good one there. Sure was, Nick. I I just find Sharon so fascinating. There's so many opportunities for media to make the most of Sharon. Well, I'm I'm heading off now to get my eyebrows done because (laughs) uh, if they're showing off what I'm what my cards are in poker. I need to start showing more aces than seven deuce. Uh, thanks for coming in, Sharon. And uh, Carms, we'll catch up with you next week when we talk to another media and another expert. See you then. You've been listening to The Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. If you'd like to get in contact with the team, head to mediastable.com.au.